0: Life is like a mighty sea, so tossed and driven. Pillows rise within the heart of every man. Storms so many times, they leave the heart with questions, but you don't Just hold his hand. When my life down here is through And Jesus calls me To my home Somewhere beyond the golden shore I'll look back Review the past That's laid before me And I won't need to understand just struck it man but anyway I go down the furnaces and so on they usually dark rooms and I and I stated to a customer which I've said probably many times since I'm older
1: is the older I get the more light I
0: need and it was just like the Lord just said yes you do and you know not that I needed light when I was young I do but you know what it, it's not time to give up and yes I need more light I need more him I need more light I praise his holy name thank you Jesus we mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. To church one day to hear them sing and play. The preacher, he firmly plowed the gospel. change me so
2: to A prison, as cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer. Lift
1: Your Bible, I want you to turn to the Hebrews, the sixth chapter. And uh, I've been thinking all week in this line and not in a discouraging way. I think the Christians today ought to be expecting God to move, they ought to be expecting God to show up at any time. My uh, wife got up this morning started telling me about a dream she'd had about the Lord saying that He's coming soon. He's coming, get ready. And if you're not ready today, you need to be ready. And if you haven't been warned that a thousand times, you know what, I've been warned to myself to stay ready. Be ready, stay ready. And we've all heard that most of our life as Christians to stay ready. Keep in alignment with God. But I began to uh, look at this, and it was like the enemy has been playing overtime in our country. He has stepped in and began to deceive, and everywhere we look, how many knows, it's not good news. It seems to be that there is destruction upon every hand. It seems to those that's in charge are trying to bring america down and you know uh i i don't i don't want to get on the politics side of it but i want you to understand something other there is no security here this is not the security as far as this land is not our security i praise god for all that america's been over the years god raised us up he has used the soldiers he has used the people to cry out to god And he has blessed this nation, and we have went to the rescue of many, many people that's hurt over the countries. And I know that we have fallen ourselves, we have failed ourselves, just like Israel, we're no better than Israel. But the point comes to it is God has given us something that we have secure, but we look to everything else to hold on to. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Our security is not what you're holding on to. If you think it's in your money in the bank, you're in trouble. If you think it's in your education, you're wrong. I'll tell you right now, we can educate every one of our children. We can send them to college and get them highly educated. You can get masters and everything in the world. But can I tell you something? It ain't helped the people that's in the White House. It ain't helped the people that's up in our Congress. They can't figure out our problems. You know why? Because they've turned away from God. And as long as we keep turning away from God, we're going down the wrong path. God's after us to get a hold of what he's saying today. And I think God has said that to me this week. He is telling me, you've got to get off this insecurity of what's going on in this life. We keep looking for the next thing, the next thing that's going to, the next computer that's going to fix our problems. The next problem is going to be fixed by some technology or some doctor or somebody figuring out a shot. I'm going to tell you something, they ain't none of it going to be figured out. God is the one that you're to put your faith in. He's the one to put your hand on to and say, Lord, you are my Savior, my Lord, you will lead me, you will guide me, and I don't have eternity without him. I'm not going to cross through to eternity without Jesus Christ in my hand. I mean, here's what I'm saying. We have to get away from the insecurity of this life. But the Bible's real clear. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose what? Whose mind is stayed on the Lord. How many knows? even the church, don't keep their mind on God? We don't keep our mind on God, what he's doing. We keep our mind on what What our president's going to say or what our our next uh, uh, person is going to rise up and and counter the president. Listen to me. That's not your answer. Quit looking to him. But it says, trust in the Lord because he trusted in thee. Trust in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. If our everlasting strength's in him, why are we trusting other things? Where's your strength at, Christian? Where is your strength going to be? It's not going to be in what you think. It's not going to be in what the world says do. And you know they're doing their best to make the the Christians cater to what they're wanting to say. You're either going to go along, you're either going, or we're going to get rid of you some way or the other. We're going to race you out of here. How many sees that? They don't want you in the in the pot. They don't want you, they don't want to deal with you. I turn to Hebrews 6. I want you to look at verse 13. I began to read this and I began to see something that I felt like God was saying to me. So I want you to hear it. It's talking about a promise and it's talking about an oath. And I'm going to tell you something. When God makes a promise, when my mother and father, my dad promised me I was getting a whipping, I got a whipping but I could pretty well count on what mom and dad said. they going to stick to it because they love me enough to tell me the truth. They love me enough to correct me. And our heavenly father loves us enough. When he makes a promise to you, guess what? The promises are yours. I don't know if you know it or not, but if you study the Bible long enough, you'll realize every promise. He, he promised me that he'd never leave me nor forsake me. He promised me that if I would love him and keep his commandments, he'd be my Lord and my God, and he'd lead me and take care of me. And he's proved himself. Hasn't he proved himself to you? But it says in verse 13 of Hebrews 6, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely blessing I'll bless thee, and multiplying I'll multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, talking about Abraham, he obtained the promise. How many knows Abraham was told to leave his country and began to get the promises of God and the call, and guess what happened? It took 25 years before Isaac was born, the promise boy. How many knows the 25 years? We don't like to wait 25 minutes when God promises. money now the old commercial said well you know what he waited and waited upon God how many knows what I'm talking about but God made a promise to Abraham listen to what I'm telling you God picked him out called him said him and Abraham wasn't perfect just like me and you but God made promise to him and I want to tell you something no matter what Abraham failed at, no matter what Abraham said or did, he knew the God that he served would keep his promise. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Do you believe God's going to keep his promise to the church? I do. See, I believe when I read this Hebrews 6, and that's believed that, that Apostle Paul's the one that wrote Hebrews, but can I tell you something? Can, when I read this, I believe that it's going to come true. And I believe there's twofold meaning in there. He not only promised Abraham, but the promise came through to you and I. That's why Paul's writing about it. I mean, here's what I'm saying. It's got a twofold meaning, Bobby. It's not only a promise and an oath that he made to Abraham that he kept, but it also extended right on through Abraham's seed to the son of the living God, which is the only way that you and I are included because Jesus came, and He's the promise of the Father. He came, and He's paid our price. Praise God. In Genesis, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to. Won't you stay in Hebrews? But I'm going to read a couple verses outside of it, right after that, and then I'll go back to that 16th. But it says in Genesis 22, and that's when. Uh, God told Abraham, take your son, thine only son, upon the mountain and sacrifice him. How many knows that story? And you know what? When Abraham took uh, his son Isaac upon the mountain and he raised up the knife to slay his own son, God stopped him and he said this after he said that. It says, and he said, by myself I have I sworn, saith the Lord, For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. How many knows? Abraham believed, didn't he, Bill? He believed it. When God told him to go do it, he went to do it. And God says, because you've not withheld that very promised son that I gave you, and you have done this, listen to me. He's saying, basically, he's saying, I will multiply you and I will bless you. How many knows God's going to bless his people? He is the blessing. It ain't material things. But when you know he's in you, when you know he's about you, when he answers your prayers and he begins to talk to you, when he wakes you up in the middle of the night and begins to love on you and lets you know that I I am thinking on you and I am answering your call because I know the cry from your heart. Listen to me. God knows what's in you and what's going to be in you. He knows your future, and he's trying to align it, and he's trying to set it and he's trying to get you to trust him. It also says in Romans 4:20 that talking about Abraham said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was well able to perform. You know what? We got to get this back in our mind. Abraham was 99 years old. 24 years after he had been told all them blessings. He was twenty. He was 99 years old when the angels showed up and told him, next year you're going to have a child. I'm going to tell you something. He had to grab a hold of that for a little bit. But he also knew God would follow through, didn't he? He said he didn't stagger at it with unbelief. He believed it. And guess what? It happened. And I'm going to tell you something. At 100 years old, when he has, his, has Isaac, It doesn't look like it's going to be like the stars of the sky and like the sand of the sea, but it was, wasn't it? How many knows God knows how to fulfill what he says? He will fulfill it, and I promise you every promise that's in this Bible that's going with the church, he's going to fulfill it. You're either going to be in it, and you're going to be secure, or you're going to be outside of it, and you're going to be deceived. I'm sorry to tell you, but the enemy's doing everything in the world to make you pull away. Pull away. Don't trust God. Don't believe that stuff. And it's pulling on our children. And it's pulling on everything around us. But can I tell you, our only hope is in him. Now go back to Hebrews 6. Look at verse 16. For men barely swear by the greater an oath for confirmation is to them the end of all strife that means when you when you go to swear something or you go to say i declare they used to say it by my mother's grave you know or whatever they'd say but they'd swear to somebody greater than yourself they would swear by something greater that i declare that's going to happen i say it's going to happen you know you believe it well It says here, for men verily swear by the greater, an oath for a confirmation is to them the end of all strife. More or less, God may have promised it, but now, listen to me, God's going to redo it. He's not only said, I promise you, but now he's going to make an oath with him. He's going to make a confirmation oath with him. How many knows what I'm talking about? He not only makes a promise, but then he backs it up, By inserting himself into an oath that he didn't have to make. Because let me tell you something, God don't lie. When God said it, it was going to happen anyway. But God not only promised it, now he steps back and said, I'm going to make an oath with you, Abram. I'm declaring to you this is going to happen. And it says, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability, that means unchangeableness of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have strong consolation. That means strong comfort. You know what? Church ought to be comforted today because of the promises of Christ. Because of what a Jesus has already done. He ain't standing here today on this platform. He's here in presence. But he sits at the right hand of the Father. Ever make an intersection for you and I. Why? Because he went before us. Listen to me. He stepped out of this life and went ahead of us. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he pleads for the church. He prays for the church. He prays for us that we'll hold fast to what his promises are. Abraham held on to those promises. And his name is carried. I don't know that Abraham would even realize all that was spoke of him. You know what? We're nobody without Jesus. But I can tell you right now, he made us somebody. He went before us and paid a price that we could not pay and made us one of his and put promises upon us. Praise God. It says that by two immutable things which are possible to God to lie, that we might have strong consolation, strong comfort. We ought to be comforted, church. Church, we ought to be in comfort today, not in fear and doubt. Do you know how much the church is in fear and doubt today? They're afraid afraid to get caught without a mask. They're afraid they're going to get caught but going against something the government says. And I'll tell you right now, listen to God. Don't listen to what they're saying. I go along and I vote and I do everything I'm supposed to politically, but at the same time, my foundation, my strength, my security is in him. I don't have no security in this life. I have no idea what they'll do tomorrow. And you know what? Obviously, they're doing a lot of things that we don't even agree with. But you're not going to change it. He can change it. But he wants us to hold on to him. And it says, who have fled? Who's fled? We're fled. We're the ones that's fled. Listen to the last part of this 18. Who fled for refuge. To lay hold upon the hope set before you. How many knows the gospel set before you? Christian, listen to me. This gospel has been laid out before you. You can either walk it. You can love it. You can grab a hold of it. You can give your life for it. Because, see, I look back, and I look at those apostles giving their life, and I think, who am I? What Are we something special that we get to walk right into heaven and not have to not have to suffer anything. I said, you know what? This is our generation. Pay the price, Christian. Pay the price. I belong to him and he belongs to me. So whatever else they do, I ain't worried about it because I belong to him. Whatever he leads me through, it's okay. I didn't want my father to get sick. I didn't want my mother to get sick. I didn't want my loved ones to die the way they died. But can I tell you something? My trust is in him. I have to look past whatever this this world hands us, and I have to say, Jesus paid it all, and it's okay. In Numbers 23, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? How many knows who you're talking about? God knows how to follow through with everything he says. Then it says in Hebrews 12, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about, with so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin with which easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is what? Set before us we got a race to run, Christian. It's not about whether I'll have a good portfolio full of money and, and all these things. It's about whether or not I'm ready inside my heart to live for him and follow it through till death. Are you following through? Are you living for, the, or for what Jesus called you to be? Or are you worried to death about what the world's doing? Because I'm going to tell you, until we get our head out of the world and get our head back in following him. That is our only security and he knows it. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, how many knows what was set before Jesus? He endured it. He despised it. He despised the cross, the shame but yet, he went through it. Why? It was set before him by the Father. We've been given something set before us. And sometimes we just keep turning away our responsibility to it. Let somebody else worry about that. Let somebody else worry about lost souls. Let somebody else worry about changing, trying to pray and, and, and have God to move on our country. It's somebody else's worry, not mine. It's some preacher's job, not mine. God's calling every one of us to his side. He's calling us to suffer for the gospel's sake. He's wanting to make changes today. He's not looking for, you know, you read them heroes of faith. You don't find people that were standing way out. No, they were just common people that believed God. God's looking for somebody to believe You look at Hebrews 6 19. This struck me right. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered into that within the veil. There it is. Jesus entered into the holiest before us. How many here's what I'm saying? Jesus entered into that place that we couldn't go because we weren't worthy. He became the Lamb of God, which he sung about, the Lamb of God. He became our lamb. He laid himself out, and he laid down and died for us. And he went into heaven for you and I. Can't you see that? Now, I want to tell you something. This is not only a hope, but it says it's which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Then it says, both sure and steadfast. See, to me, that's what jumped out at me. I got a surety, and I got a steadfastness in my life, and that is that Jesus has already paid the price, and I'm part of his. I ain't nobody, but can I tell you something? He made me a child of God. And every promise and everything that he's done, he went before the church. And he's waiting in heaven. And he's going to call and say, come, my children, come and bring them home. Praise God. won't be because our good works. It'll be because he's already paid the price and entered into the holiest of all for us. Praise God. If you can put that on there, put it on there. put that into the bulletin. didn't have nothing to do with Thanksgiving, Anna. I know. I looked at that when Anna put that in there the first of this month, and I thought, what's that got to do with Thanksgiving? But you know what? God swelled that up in my head. And here it is. The waves are pushing, and the boats, it's pushing the boat toward the reef, and it's despair. You see it? And you see, the soul is in the boat, and the anchor's down, and it's holding on to Jesus. How I many, here's what I'm saying. We have an anchor of our soul. His name is Jesus. Can I tell you? It's already, he's already paid the price. He's the word of God. He is the truth that's already came and did the work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the anchor of the soul. And this song says it best. Because this is what I've been singing. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea. So burdened with sin and distressed. Till I heard a sweet voice saying, make me your choice. And I entered the haven of rest. I don't know about you, but that's where we got to be. If we're going to be ready for eternity. It says, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. i have sail the wide seas No more, the tempest may sweep, or the wild stormy deep, but in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. I don't know about you, but that struck me right this week. And I don't care how many storms is going on in America, and I ain't worried about what kind of statement Biden says or anybody else says. Can I tell you, they are pushing against my boat, but I'm anchored in Jesus. That's who we are, church. That's who we are. Don't be somebody else. Don't get fearful. Don't get doubting. Make up your mind. I am anchored to him. He's my haven of rest. Praise God. I got to rest. I got to have a restful place. I can't live under this pressures and all these worries all the time. Everybody's worried all the time. Worry, worry, worry. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my money. I'm going to lose my insurance. I'm going to lose my health. I'm going to lose everything. Can I tell you something? Anchor yourself in the haven of rest. Don't worry about it. This is not my home. I'm going home. Praise God. I'd like to sing all that, but it ain't there. It ain't going to do it. It says in verse 20. Whether the forerunner is entered in, even Jesus. Who is he? He's our forerunner. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what that scripture says? He is the forerunner that's entered in for us, even Jesus. Made a high priest forever. Not part of the time. He wasn't made a high priest once a year, DJ. He's made forever. How many knows? He sets it right ahead of the Father, and he ain't going to get dethroned. He's there. Now, Jesus is not only king, but he's high priest. How many see what I'm saying? Don't you know we need a high priest? Don't you know that that's who he is? It says, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He also was a king and a priest. And I want to tell you something about Melchizedek. I ain't going to get into it because you can go to the whole seven chapter and other places. I don't get this in Melchizedek was before the law, before the twelve tribes of Israel, before the Levitical priesthood, before Aaron. How I many? Here's what I'm saying. Melchizedek met Abraham on the way back from winning the war, going to get, going to get the uh, the kings that it, that they had captured. and They had captured Lot. And Abraham was coming back and when, uh, when Melchizedek come up to him and he offered up his tithes to him and Melchizedek blessed him. How many knows Melchizedek was above Abraham? In a sense, Melchizedek was the one that they brought the offering to. You say, what are you talking about? Well, some people believe that was Christ incarnated. But it may have been, it may not. I'm not saying. I'm just going to tell you this. I know this, Jesus Christ Came and showed us, He is the one that is taking the place. He is the Melchizedek. He's made after the order of Melchizedek. He's not only king; He's priest. He become all things for you and I. We have our service in, unto Him. We got to quit looking off the other way and thinking we're going to do something different that God's going to be pleased. God's only pleased that we trust him. God's only pleased that we put all of our faith in Christ. That's what he's looking for. It says in uh, it says in 110, and I know Maria brought this up the other night, Bible study. David spoke of the Lord being the high priest that was coming, the 110th Psalm. Now think about it, 110th Psalm. Is way past uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the family back in Genesis, all the way through X, through Moses. And here you come up to King David writing 110 Psalm, and he said, The Lord said unto my Lord. How I many knows what he's talking about? He's talking about the Lord said unto my Lord. That means God said to Christ. I mean, here's what I'm saying. David heard this and spoke it. And he also said, the Lord has sworn and will not repent that thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So it was written all the way back in the middle of the time of the the law that there was a Messiah coming, a Christ that was coming, that would have all of this on him. He would be under the order of Melchizedek. He would be our high priest. So how many knows when God started making this promise and this oath way back to Abraham, it extended not only to Abraham and his children, it extended all the way through to you and I, through the seed of the son of the living God that would come forth. And he's our Messiah, he's our king, he's our high priest. He intercedes for you and I. Why would we put our securities in anything but him? Why would we trust in anything but him? We can read his word and get promises, and yet we'll listen to people that'll say, oh, that's an old book. Oh, that's got old stuff in it. You can't pay no attention to that stuff. That's old-fashioned. I'm telling you it's alive and well, and it'll reach right into your heart, and it'll convince you that God's moving in your life. I believe that. I get in these Bible studies. I get in these prayer breakfasts I get in these things and the Holy Spirit begins to flow through people and the Spirit of God begins to flow through His Word and I get encouraged inside because why? My Lord is real and He's speaking to His people. But we keep looking out there for something. It's not out there. It's in Him. 1 Peter 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and fades not away. And guess what? It's reserved in heaven. How many hears that? Reserved in heaven for you. See, Jesus went away to prepare a place for us, and he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's also built a place that he's going to bring this new heaven and new earth down. There's going to be a new Jerusalem. I'm going to live in new Jerusalem. I ain't really, you know, I love to hear about the old Jerusalem. But I'm interested in the new Jerusalem because that's home. That's where Jesus has gone away to prepare a better place. It says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. For the hope which is laid, this is in Colossians, hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of truth and in the gospel? Now listen to this in Hebrew 4. It says, seeing then, verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is past Into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Christian, let me tell you something. He's telling you hold fast your profession. Don't don't waver on what God has said. Don't try to figure it out. Don't let some new religion tell you how it's supposed to be. You have to understand. You have to hold the profession of what you professed in your heart. I believe what I have committed unto Him against that day. It's it's my only. Jesus accepted me. I didn't deserve it. It wasn't because I spoke right words. It wasn't any. I just said, "Lord, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner and I'm lost. And if you don't save me, I ain't got no chance. And He'll save you. But He says, "Let us there." He says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in the time of need. And on down in Hebrews seven twenty-five it says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us. Wow, listen to that. Such a high priest became us, who is holy. Jesus is holy and harmless and undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice for first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once when he offered up himself. You know what security means. It means to make safe. It means to have an assurance. It's a place of refuge. It's a, pray, a place free from harm. How many knows what it means to compromise? Duran, you work in, in, uh, sometimes in these heating and air. When the security is compromised, there's a breach. There's a break in the in the compor- when you compromise this gospel. Guess what? There's a breach going on. You hear what I'm saying? Listen to what I'm saying because it's important. We cannot compromise this gospel. Now you know what? We can compromise what color carpet we put on. We can compromise whether we go to eat at Bob Evans or a Cracker Barrel. But I'm going to tell you something with this gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care what America says or anybody else. You can't compromise the word of God. Amen. You either stick with what God has said. It is our place of security. And if we keep getting away from it, God is not, he says, you're compromising. I don't care how we, how we put on it. You can put a nice hat on. You can put your best suit on. You can look beautiful. You can sing the prettiest song. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're compromising what's going on inside of you, God knows it. And he's not going to deal with it. God don't play compromise games. He's right. He don't have to change. He's unchangeable. He don't have to change nothing. He said it, it's pure, and it's perfect, and it's true. And there ain't no grave going to hold you down. You might as well just accept it. You might as well just say, I'm just silly enough to believe it. Connie, I'm just silly enough to believe that. Ain't no grave going to hold me down. He is our security. He's our safe place. Where are we trusting? America's got so far away from trusting God. They don't even want to talk about God. They don't want him brought up to our children. What what hope does our children have? What safety, what security in our future does our children have without, without we bring Jesus Christ to them? Listen to what I'm telling you. Don't compromise Jesus Christ. Don't compromise his word. God put all things in his son. Our salvation, our security, our hope, it's in him. It says in Psalm 27, come on back up, uh, Anna, whoever's able to come up and say something, it says for in the time of trouble, Psalm 27 5 says for in the time of trouble, how many knows we're in the time of trouble, you believe we're in the time of trouble, I don't know about you but the news I watch, I don't care how much they put pretty color in it and, and put nice people in the face of you and. They got their hair combed just right and they're dressed up uh, all that glamour to make you look like they're really happy people or whatever's going on. But can I tell you, they're in trouble. We're in a troubled time. But it says here, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Who will hide me? I'm hid in Christ. We're to hide in him. He is our pavilion, our tent, our dome, our shelter. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up up upon a rock. Praise God. Carl, I'm on a rock. I'm on that rock of Christ that was in that picture. And I ain't nobody. I don't know why he even lets me hold on to the chain, but he does. He made the way. He paved the way. And all he says is, trust me. Keep holding on to me. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. Praise God. Listen to me, church. Run to him. Run to him. Don't run to the world. Run to him. For it's in him that we got to run to. That's where our safety is. Isaiah four five and six says the Lord said, the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and a shining of fire, a flaming fire by night. For upon the glory shall be a defense. How many know we need we need a little defense? You know, I don't need to be overrode. I don't want to lose my insurance. I don't want to lose my check. I don't want to. I've worked all my life and retired. I don't want them to come and stripping that stuff, Bill. You know? I don't know how I'll face it, but I know this. He's my defense. i got to trust him. I can't trust nice people up in, up in Washington to take care of me. They're not going to do it. But I can trust him because if he takes it, I'll make it without it. I mean, here's what I'm saying. We might all be sharing the same house. Gonna be rough <laughs> trying to move back in with your brothers and sisters and all that but I'm going to tell you something God will make us happy God will put joy on our face if we'll trust him then he'll come and rescue us and we'll be in a mansion somewhere I don't know exactly Isaiah 25, 4 says, For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy. In his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat. When the blast of the terrible ones is as a strong against the wall, against a storm, against a wall. Listen to me. God is our security. And if we compromise with the gospel truth, we're losing our security. And I see that in America. It used to be in God we trust. It used to be in the church that they were tickled to death when the Spirit of God showed up and convicted souls and people came to the altar and people got saved. Now we don't want to be bothered back room and talk to them, but we don't want to upset nobody having to go eat. We don't want to have to slow things down or stop things. Let me tell you something. You're too busy if you're too busy to serve him. You're too busy if you ain't got time for the presence of God to show up in your life. You better make time to say, God, I need you more than I need life. Here, I need you. You'll take me through. You're my safety. You're my security. I hold on to you, Lord. And every time I get in myself in the way, God reminds me, don't compromise. Don't compromise what I told you to do. You hold fast to my words. I love him. I can say. I can't say I've been good, but I can say he's been good. I thought, Stephanie, I thought of your grandpa, brother Bond, great brother Bond, great grandpa. And I thought of Richard. And I thought of how many times. I know that. I know this many souls got saved Lives began to be changed and god did a blooming bill He a blooming in that church and he took one man and he called him and did all those things and then richard comes along and he's trying his best to hold up the right hand of his father and what he's done what god had done in him and sometimes he felt like probably i'll never measure up to my my grandpa i'll never measure up to my dad you I always felt like i never measure up to my father because I know what God did in him. But I can't walk away from what God told me to do. If I don't do nothing but just a little bit of what God's told me, I have to uphold what he's given me. It's the only thing I know. It's the only secure place and safe place that I know there is. And I can remember my father saying, I want to have a church. grandkids will know about Jesus. So we're under that responsibility, Vic. Jane, we're under that responsibility. Mark, we're under that responsibility to have a place where people can come and find Jesus. I ain't trying to change it to nothing else. I want God to have his way in our lives. We got young people that need Jesus. I got grandkids that need I've got lost loved ones that need Jesus. I got friends and cousins and family that have went far away. They've compromised everything they ever knew. But God still loves them. He's still reaching out to them. They're going to sing something. If you've been compromising, you need to come and rededicate yourself to God. Say, Lord, I promise I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to find my safety and my security in you and in your words. I'm not looking for it on the other side. I'm not looking for it outside. I'm looking for it in you. Because Jesus sits in the right hand of the Father. He's waiting for you and I to come and commit ourselves to him. How I many hear what I'm saying? Don't you know that's the call of this day? he's trying to get the church to come close to him he's trying to put you in the safe and secure place because he is coming back for his church and i tell you right now he's not going to force you to go he's not going to make you go you better be ready that's under you because you're hearing what i'm saying everyone stand if you